Who should be starting for Syracuse men's basketball in the fall? Some people say John Bull is Jacques. I don't. It's all on Lockdown Syracuse. It's right now. Our Lockdown Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Matt Bonaparte and Valentine with you on Locked On Syracuse. Thanks so much for being with us on this wonderful, wonderful Tuesday morning. Thanks for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and if you weren't here last Tuesday, I'm happy to inform you that Tuesdays have kind of become our this, that, and the other thing day, where we just kind of take the stories that may have fallen through the cracks of the week uh, and we talk about them on Tuesday. So that's exactly what we're going to do this week. And the thing that we're leading with is that, you know, a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was a month ago, I can't, I don't have the date in front of me, but a little while back, John Rothstein tweeted his projected Syracuse uh, starting lineup, which included Symir Torrance, Judah Mintz, and Joe Girard, which everybody or anybody who knows anything about Syracuse immediately went, that's not going to happen. Um, and the guys at Q Sports Talk had Jim Beheim on, and they asked him, Coach, can we just clear this up? Like, there's no way this happens, right? And he was like, no, that would never happen. Uh, he was said, if you wanted to play man, maybe they'd do that, but they don't have uh, that lineup in their plans, uh, which I don't think anybody thought was surprising. So today on the Tuesday pod, I thought Owen and I should give what we think the Syracuse starting lineup should be. The guys at Noon's Magician, uh, did their own version of this, and they all gave their opinion. So I urge you to go check them out. Uh, they had a, a bunch of different opinions, which I always appreciate in those kinds of articles because it's not just the same opinion written four times in four different ways. Uh, so, I mean, I think there are a couple definites when you're talking about Syracuse's lineup, and that's obviously Joe Girard and it's Jesse Edwards. Now, some people are still on the train of, Joe Girard should be at the one, which I think is heinous and ridiculous. If you don't think Joe Girard should be playing the two right now, I don't think you watched the last game of the season playing Duke in the ACC tournament, which it was so obvious that he was better at the two where he didn't ever have to put the ball on the ground. He could just find his shot, take it, and drill it. Um, I think Joe is a talented kid, but when you give him too many things to do, he gets bad real quick. Um, so I've got Joe at the two, and I've got Jesse at the five. And I'm going to have to talk through the rest. So how about you give me some here? So I, I'm going to start with you. I think we have we have two sort of definites here that you just listed. Uh, I'm going to say Joe with the two, Jesse at the five. We can sort of set in stone and not really have to return to. My next sort of thought process has to do with Benny Williams. And I think I am pretty set that Benny will be in the starting five, uh, whether it's the four or a little bit more of a three or sort of a combo of both. Uh, I think I have Benny Williams pretty much solidly in that starting five, uh, which sort of leaves me with, I need a one and I need another forward, but primarily a three, someone who could shoot the ball. Uh, so I, I mean, as we sort of work through this, 
I don't know if you agree with Benny on this one, but so I see Benny. Everybody in, in seems that to put Benny in. People yeah. love to put Benny in, and it's the classic off-season thing where people go, "Oh, I mean, he's going to get better," and you don't know, like, yeah. But, like, you don't know that. That's what they said after Daywan Coleman's freshman year. And guess what? He didn't get better. So it's like, I don't know how much I'm going to say, all right, well, Benny's going to come out and he's going to be better 100%. The kid struggled last year. Everybody knows that. He had huge expectations, which definitely didn't help. Uh, and I honestly think that the thing he needs to work on most is just his confidence on the floor because the game in which we saw him play best was against Duke in the Carrier Dome where Syracuse got blown out so quickly. I, I often describe that day as one of the greatest experiences of my life, being able to call or, uh, sit courtside and cover it until the game started. And then it was just downhill from there. Um, and we saw him in that game play so well. It, it looked like he was the only guy trying. And I honestly think it's because he had there was no pressure. It's like, okay, we have no chance of winning this game. Just go out there and have fun. And that's exactly what he did. And he played beautifully. Um, I don't think I want to put him in my starting five. I'm going to leave him okay. out. Um, just because I don't think he's going to take a huge leap. And if Beheim didn't like him last year, and we know that he didn't, it would take a lot for Jim to then be like, okay, I already know this kid can't play all that well right now. And until I see him do it, I'm not going to put a lot of faith in him. So I'm going to leave Benny out. All right. Here's the first disagreement. So we've already guaranteed ourselves two different starting fives as we sort of work through this. Uh, my next addition in here, uh, and I, I'm going in terms of my confidence, and you're talking me out of my confidence. Maybe I'll swap this with Benny in terms of uh, my confidence meter. Uh, but I think sort of my next confidence meter is going to be Chris Bunch. Okay. Uh, in in that three, four sort of you know, more of a three than Benny is in my eyes. Uh, I, I think I have Chris Bunch in there next on my confidence meter in terms of where I sort of see this lineup going. Uh, I, I see him coming in and being that immediate contributor and being able to to really elevate and play that position well. I like his, you know, ability to, to sit at the three right now and, and sort of be, you know, a little bit of length, a little bit of defense, a lot of scoring, hopefully, uh, I, I think he's going to fit into that role pretty well. Uh, and I, I sort of, to go back to Benny, I, I like, and you know, I'm not going to say he's made this incredible jump based on something I haven't seen, right? We're not seeing, you know, a ton of practice footage from him. We're not seeing a ton of things. We saw, you know, he went and played uh, in the, uh, with the, you know, U.S. East team uh, and played pretty well. That was a he's little fine, bit of yeah. a confidence boost for me. But uh, when I look at him, and I see just that one year in the zone, I think that is going to help. Uh, I think that experience, at least at the start of the year, could play uh, enough dividends for him to be in that starting five. Uh, so right now, I got Gerard at the two, Bunch at the three, Benny at the four, and Jesse at the five. Uh, and I I think my point guard is, is up for grabs right now between Judah and Symer. Okay, so... I, I didn't clarify. My four, without it being Benny, will be Malik Brown. Uh, okay. Just because of the things I've read, I think that in terms of physicality and in terms of the shape he's in, Malik Brown probably has the highest floor of any of the guys coming in right now. He's the most – obviously, they all have a lot of raw potential, but I think that Malik Brown is going to be able to show up and play uh, and maybe not – 
be dunking on guys left and right, but he's going to be able to fight for a rebound and play decent defense. Obviously, freshmen in the zone are always a toss-up, but I have a little bit of faith in Malik Brown. That being said, I haven't seen the kid play with my own eyes. It's just what I've read, so take it with a grain of salt, but I do have him as my four right now. Six, eight, I'll take it. Um, for my three, I'll agree with you on bunch. We know that Syracuse has trended towards a lineup that needs shooting, uh, and when you lose what they lost in last year's team with Buddy uh, and Jimmy and Swider, you're going to have to replace that somewhere. And We know that Bunch is probably the best shooter of the guys coming in. So uh, I'm going to put him at the three, because that's really the one thing we've heard about Bunch is that he's got a killer shot. Uh, so for Syracuse fans, I think you're going to be seeing him at the three for at least a lot of the year. I hope the beginning for the sake of my team. But two through five right now looks like Gerard, Bunch, Malik Brown, and Jesse at the five. Uh, point guard, like you said, is a conversation between Samir Torrance and Judah Mintz. Um, a lot of people, the thing, the thing about this conversation is that some people are going to be like, it's obviously Judah Mintz. Are you kidding me? He's one of the best recruits Syracuse has had in a little while. Uh, he outrates on ESPN's top 100 both Dior Johnson and Kamari Land, so it looks like they beat him with Judah Mintz there, uh, and this, that, and the other thing. And then the other side is going to go, well, did you watch the ACC tournament when Buddy couldn't play and Joe and Samir were beautiful at the top? So those are the kind of two schools of thought that you have, uh, and I think there's merit to both of them. The only thing is... The people who are rooting for Mints have never seen him play, or at least the grand majority of them. And like we know just from last year and from college basketball as a whole, a five-star or a four-star or highly rated four-star doesn't necessarily mean they're going to show up and be great, Benny Williams being uh, exhibit A. Uh, guards and forwards develop differently, sure, but you can't guarantee that Judah Mintz is going to come to Syracuse and start dropping 20 points a game. I mean, that would just be a ridiculous thing to think. And the thing that I keep thinking about is that Bayheim is going to want to go with the guy he, he already knows, right? And I think we all agree that he likes Saimir to a decent degree. He's, he doesn't, at least he doesn't hate Saimir. Uh, I think some people were clamoring for more playing time for the guy, and he didn't get it uh, until the end of the year, in which he got it plenty. Um, but I don't know. It's a really tough conversation, uh, and we'll continue it right after I read this ad real quick. Uh, BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports raging information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, okay, we're talking about Saimir versus Judamints in the starting five this fall. What do you got, Owen? So I, I see, and I like your rationale, uh, but I see this as sort of, you know, Judamints, who we haven't seen, versus this Saimir-Joe Girard combo that we really saw for one game. So it's no sample size versus limited sample size. Uh, and I think, you know, in the what, three months prior to basketball season, this I could go back and forth on five or six times uh, based on, you know, marginal things, seeing this, hearing that, 
uh, I reevaluated this. I went back and I watched, you know, this video of, of judo, whatever it might be. I want to say this about Saimir before I make even a choice in that I did not have a ton of faith in him at the start of last year. I watched him, you know, come in and be a guy that might be able to hold his own defensively, but was just an offensive liability basically was, you know, in my eyes, a non-factor irrelevant, didn't really do anything for me on the offensive side of the ball. Recency bias. The last time I saw him play, he distributed, you know, as well as, you know, a Syracuse point guard distributed last season in that Duke game. I think it was 11 assists in the, uh, or 10 assists, whatever it was in that, uh, in that final ACC tournament game where they fell to Duke. When he's playing the point guard, he seemed to be very comfortable in that role and distributed the ball incredibly well uh, in a game where, you know, Syracuse played probably one of its better games of the entire season. Uh, and I give him that because I, I was very low on him and I did see him rise and start to figure things out. And maybe it was a little bit more comfortable, you know, once you get to, you know, a power five school an ACC school playing in that competition takes a little bit to get used to it. But I, I did like the jump he made by the end of the season. I hope regardless of my answer that we finally have in terms of Syracuse, a nice three guard rotation where you can confidently have all three of these guys in, in pretty much any sort of combination outside of maybe having Symir at the two. Uh, I, I think you can probably have all three of these guys subbing in, in and out, getting the minutes where they deserve, and I, I am very confident in that. With that being said, I just hyped up Symir and his growth on me. I, I am going to stick with Judah Mintz, though. Right now, I, I see Judah Mintz and the potential. I am going to play the uh, the sort of long-term game of Syracuse's due for one of these top 100, top 50 guys to finally pan out, right? You look, Jalen Carey uh, didn't work, was was there competition-wise. Uh, there's other guys. I go back to Matt Moyer, you know, was a top 100-ish guy, didn't work out. You said oh Derek gosh, Coleman a, already today. DeWan, Doesn't work out. Right. There's this handful of top 100 guys and Coleman's going back a little bit further than I want to. But there really is this sort of list of more recent recruits that have come to Syracuse. And it just, you know, they were supposed to be there and it didn't work out. You know, a a guy like, oh, I don't even know who else I want to go to on this list when we go through here. Uh, Like a Bryson Goodine almost. Too, who yeah. comes in Jalen and Carey was same kind of guy then in that way. Yeah, they just come in and they they sort of have this idea that these are this could be a guy, this could be a player, this could be a dog, and it just hasn't panned out. So I am going to go, and this is terrible rationale that it just you know it will work this time because it hasn't worked in the past. But I am going to go with Judah because I like what I've seen. I like you know I do like seeing a ninety eight in terms of you know your your composite score and seeing that number in terms of a recruit. So I'm going to roll with him. I think you said it, and then you might disagree with me when all is said and done. Uh, There is a reason he's here, and it is to play a lot of basketball. Uh, And I think that comes possibly, in my mind at this point, uh, him being the one to start the season off. Yeah, um, I see that. But I'm thinking if I had to bet on whether or not Bayheim's going to go with the guy that he started in the past at least one time or a freshman who we don't know that much about other than that he's rated highly, 
I'm going to pick the, the first guy all the way. So I'm going to go Simeon. And like you said, I might flip-flop on that five times. And by the season comes around, I could have a totally different lineup. But as of today, I say Simeon starts. Um, so my lineup is Simeon, Gerard, uh, Bunch, Malik Brown, and Jesse Edwards. So we've just for twice. Yeah, so I, I got uh, I think I went Mince, Gerard, Bunch at the three, Benny at the four, and then Edwards at the five. Uh, which I do just realize, uh, shout out Kevin Wall. I, uh, we have the same starting lineup. So how about that? <laughs> good, um, for good for you, Kevin. If you're listening, shouts. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I can flip-flop a couple of times before the season starts, but fun to sort of visit to start off today. Yes. Uh, let's move on to Jesse Edwards, who we just talked yeah. about a little bit. He is going to be playing for Team Netherlands, uh, in what is it national or world cup qualifier and euro yeah. basket that's exciting uh, yeah. a guy that's exciting i think because other people around the globe are like that guy's good kind of makes you feel better oh like, yeah our guy's good. right <laughs> what a, like this is huge i think this is so much fun for him too and to be able to you know get a little bit more action and eyes on him maybe uh before the season starts as these games are you know, coming up relatively soon, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, they're playing uh, in late August. So to be able to get, you know, just an idea of sort of where Jesse is going into the season a little bit more, getting some eyes on him, being able to see, even just pick apart stat lines for him. Uh, that's exciting. You know, I don't know how much he's going to play on this team or what his role might be in this situation. But uh, regardless, you know, you give him the fact that he, he's getting the – the recognition from some places. So let's give him the recognition here. I mean, we you so we talked about him a little bit. We actually just said, yes, he's starting. And that was all you needed to hear about Jesse, which yeah. is, you know, a nod to how he played last year. Um, and what was it? 12 points or so, uh, 12 points, six or seven rebounds last year. So he was, you know, really getting into it uh, before the injury. So I, I think that's a nod to him that we didn't even have to really bring him up in the discussion as a, as a starting role. Uh, going into the season, but excited to see what happens. Uh, I think like two weeks from now uh, when he gets out yeah. there and starts, you know, whatever his role is for the Snetherland squad. And regardless of the role, I just think the invitation is so cool um, because also it just shows that like Syracuse can, him and Marek have shown like they can kind of recruit from anywhere, which is pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, even though he was IMG Academy and everything, well, not like they plucked him out of the Netherlands, but still. Yes. Um, okay. Pretty darn good international recruiter, I will say this. Uh, not just Great. basketball, but, you know, you've covered different sports too. I worked with Syracuse men's soccer while I was there. Uh, you look at field hockey, you look at volleyball. Like, their international recruiting, you know, maybe not as much. You know, you don't see it as much in basketball because of where typically recruits come from and the number of recruits. But in a lot of these other sports, I mean, they are – very much an international recruiting presence in terms of where they're bringing players in from and where they're bringing really, really good talent in from. So maybe uh, basketball is uh, taking some notes from some of these other sports that are a little bit more frequent in terms of uh, taking a trip over the pond. Yeah, Max Mang on the football team. You used to have yeah. my guy Len Zugner, the German, on the soccer team. That was my guy. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, audio listeners, you're going to hear an ad right now for the people on YouTube. You're still with us as we roll on. 
next up here on our This, That, and the Other Thing podcast is the heights, weights, and numbers for freshmen and transfers on the Syracuse football team have changed. Uh, also, just gives you a good refresher on just basic information like that. This is on Syracuse.com that this article came out. Uh, really interesting stuff. And, and it doesn't sound interesting, but and Owen and I were like, some inside baseball for you. Owen and I, before the podcast, were like, is this interesting? And then like we talked about it for like 15 minutes, and we were like, we can talk about it. Um, <laughs> so I just want to point out a couple of the things that I noticed that I think are cool or interesting. Um, not all of them are about the freshmen or about the transfers, but uh, they're just cool stuff about this. Um, the first one is that Kalan Ellis, a guard on the offensive line, is 375 pounds. Dog. This dude is a bus. Like, he is huge. He's a brick wall. How are you going to get by Kalan Ellis? He's nearly 400 pounds. I almost think it's a typo. Like, that's crazy. He's enormous. And then you go to the other side of the spectrum, right? You got yeah. almost 400 pounds. The spectrum, the, Dom Foster is 166 pounds. You could blow him over. And, uh, you know, you can't even let Kyle Acker out of this. Kyle Acker, Aker, whatever his last name is. He's only one pound more. So you got two guys at 166 and 167 on one end. It's then not... the other side of the spectrum. But hey, Kalan Ellis. Side, the, the offensive line's eating good, man. Because, yeah. I mean, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys, nearly 10 guys. Carlos Veterol's eight pounds off. Nearly 10 guys who are 300 pounds plus. So the hogs are eating good. And you love that yeah. as a Syracuse fan. Uh, but Dom Foster's got to get either cheeseburger or something, man. I don't know. Like, figure it out. But um, the your number changes one. this year are also kind of yeah. crazy. Um, that was your other big Trevor one. Trevor Pena. Oh, what was my other big one? No, I was saying the number changes you were, you oh, were excited oh, oh, gotcha, about gotcha, or gotcha, interested gotcha. in at least. Yeah. Trevor Pena's wearing two now. Uh, I don't know who wore two. I know Marlo Wax wears two. I always thought Deuce should wear two because his nickname's Deuce, but like, I don't know. It makes too much sense. sense. Yeah, maybe. It'd be cool, though. It's like Shadow Chosinko. Yeah. Like, it's like opposite. Anyway, uh, Courtney Jackson's wearing nine. I don't think I like that one. You said you didn't like it. I don't. I'm indifferent at this point, but it's weird. We'll see when I, I see it. Like, I I like that Schrader is now wearing six. I enjoy that. I and think then you were. Cool. I like uh, a quarterback wearing six. And how about uh, Del Rio Wilson at sixteen now? Two you were talking 16, about sixteen taking Schrader's old number. Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if he was like, "Hey man, like, can I have your old number?" Schrader was like, "I don't care." Sure. <laughs> um. Jihad Carter is wearing one room. now. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, what else? A lot of good off. stuff on here. I did like seeing um, that. Uh, oh boy, uh, Enrique Cruz broke three hundred pounds. Yeah, that was a good jump huge. for him. I like hearing what he's doing. I saw something today that you know Bergeron's kind of taking him under his wing recently, so that's kind of fun to see. And uh, a little, you know, a good look for the future of the O line with uh, with Cruz just being a redshirt freshman. So I like seeing that. Uh, yeah, that's good. Dom Foster, one sixty six. Yeah, that's some crazy stuff. Um, but anyway, go check that out because it's a it's pretty fun to look at. Uh, 
and I, I just enjoy it. Okay, well, that's all we have on this, uh, this, that, and the other thing edition of the Locked On Syracuse podcast. If you want to go get more on the ACC, go make Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On ACC your second listen. That's Locked On ACC. And thanks for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen. Owen and I are back tomorrow uh, for your Wednesday episode. I don't know what we'll be talking about yet, but we'll see you then. Peace.